You're listening to Going Legit. I'm Rachel Dorsey. In this special episode, you're invited to observe a one-on-one mentorship session with a creative, maker, entrepreneur, or a person who wants to be one. Our goal, as always, is to offer a window and a mirror to help you see a reflection of yourself and your challenge or success, while also seeing beyond your situation to what might be possible. This is Going Legit. I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to hear a little bit about your idea, a little bit about this concept. I know that you're not in business yet. You have a full-time job. Tell me a little bit about what's been on your mind and um, give us a little context for what's going on for you. Um, Context is I am a speech-language pathologist. I work with adult patients who have had brain injuries primarily, and I work on communication, cognition, and swallowing recovery. So, for example, if somebody has had a stroke, depending on where the stroke was and how it has affected them, they might lose the ability to find words, they might lose the ability to find memories, they might lose the ability to eat. I try to rehabilitate those three domains with them as a speech therapist um, in the hospital or in the skilled nursing facility setting. A couple years ago, I met a guy at one of the skilled nursing facilities I was working at, and I think that there's a certain chemistry that you have as a healthcare provider. We had chemistry. We just hit it off right away. He was a relatively young guy who had had a stroke, bad stroke, um, and he had lived hard. Um, He had been an alcoholic. He had lived a very full life, and his friends had joked around, you've been playing Russian roulette with your body for years. It was only a matter of time before this happened. So I started working with him, and when he left my skilled nursing facility, his friends and family asked me to continue working with him directly one-on-one and so I started going to his house and this was the first time that I was completely on my own as a speech therapist I didn't have to worry about billing I didn't have to worry about goals and progress reports and Medicare and justifying my services as being skilled I just got to spend time with him and figure out what was going to be meaningful and what was going to help him cope with the loss of his independence cope with being disabled for the first time in his life and at the same time cope with no longer being able to drink which had been his primary coping mechanism i ended up spending hours with him and in this process where i didn't have structure we were just talking with each other i realized that we were writing his memoir i realized that we were reflecting on his life we were trying to make meaning out of it we were looking at what parts of his past were meaningful and how to bring meaning to his future, given that it was significantly different. Um, And it was all of these kind of snapshots and stories and profound insights and breaking down and crying, talking about suicide, talking about religion, talking about literally everything that was coming to mind. And He also had hallucinations, he had seizures, he had a lot going on, but this memoir project became the thing that we were working on. And once I realized that that's what we were doing, I told him, I think this is what we're doing, is that okay? Um, And he basically said fine, he mostly just wanted to spend time with me and it was wonderful and it kind of reminded me of the humanity that should be at the heart of all healing. Um, He gave that to me and it was this very, 
strange, unique relationship where he was in his late 60s. I am 30 years old and we were spending more quality time with each other than maybe anybody else in my life at that point. Um, And he was paying me. He knew that he was paying me the entire time. But that was fine. That wasn't really important. So we worked on this together for a very long time. He ended up passing away. I have all of this material. I have all of these stories. I have all of these quotes. I have pages and pages and pages of quotes that I wrote down from this time spent together. And I have been stuck trying to make something out of it. And what I want to make is not just his memoir. I want to make a system for using memoir writing as stroke recovery and speech therapy. And so if somebody is having deficits with memory, you reflect on their memories and you remind them of their memories and you use this as a therapeutic activity. And if somebody is coping with their disability or losing all of these components of being an adult that we all take for granted all the time, like it wouldn't just be speech therapy, it wouldn't just be memory, it would also be more holistic and more therapeutic kind of from an emotional standpoint of helping them process what they have lost and helping them leave a legacy for their family, leave a legacy for themselves, and move forward in some way. Um, So that is the background inspiration, is that I wanted to do this with one guy, and I have a lot of material but haven't fully done it. I have an outline, I have the chapter names and all of that, but I think part of my roadblock is that he has since passed away, and before he passed away, I asked him whether I could move forward with it, and he said, what do I care, I'd be dead. Um, But... It's, it's strange to do that without him. Um, beyond that, I want to spread this, I think, because it helped him so much. I think that it could help a lot of other people. And there are other people who have written memoirs after a stroke, but I don't think that there's a specific system in place that is coming from a therapeutic perspective. I feel like I've been rambling for a second, but the most recent inspiration or kind of the fire under my behind is that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we are afraid that we are going to lose almost an entire generation of elderly people whose stories will disappear, whose experiences will disappear, whose perspective will be lost and whose wisdom we won't be able to benefit from. And they're all isolated at home. They're cut off from the outside world and they need to be able to connect with people again. And we have all of these young people who are getting laid off, aren't able to go spend time with their friends anymore. And so when the coronavirus pandemic hit, I realized this isn't just helpful for people who are surviving strokes. This is important right here, right now, and I want to get it out into the world, and I'm so afraid of not getting it out right or not getting out the right thing, and I'm overwhelmed with everything going on in the world anyways, so I've been frozen. Totally, totally. So first things first, it's a brilliant idea. Thank you. And the timing could not be better, and the fact that it's an idea born out of out of just organically from this relationship, and the fact that it's... Um, that it's really rooted in service is like that tells me that if you put if you put the effort in it's going to be successful what I hear you say is that you're paralyzed because you're fear you're fearful that it's not going to be perfect yes nothing's perfect right so like what's deeper than that like are you afraid that if it's not good um, people are going to reject you are you afraid that if it's not good it's not going to work and then it will fall apart and it won't serve anybody like what's that like what's what's the next layer i'm afraid 
I think that, yeah, I'm afraid of putting something out and then being critical of myself that it's not good enough or that it won't be well received or that if I spent more time on it or made it better, then it would help people better or it would be better received or that it would spread better. Um, And so there's this, there's a fear of failure and there's also a fear of success that if I put something out and it does spread, but I don't think I'm spreading the right thing, then I'll be unsatisfied with that as well. Got it. Got it. So, um, the other thing that's standing in your way besides the fear of failure is you're not, are you, do you know where to start? Like, do you know where, what your first next step might be if you were, if you were to take one? I feel like there are a few different next steps that I could take next. And so that's part of it is do I focus on creating, like, do I focus on finishing Kevin's memoir so that I have an example Or do I focus on writing about the process of writing Kevin's memoir so that I have something to share with other people? Or do I fully focus on adapting it to COVID and isolation and ignore the stroke part of things right now? Like, do I just focus on connecting people and making this happen immediately? Or do I focus on justifying this from my clinical background of like why this kind of counts as speech therapy for the stroke survivor population? So that's part of my hesitation is the next steps could go in a number of different directions. Yeah, got it. Got it. And then there is a third factor at play, right? Which is just time. Yes. You, you have a full-time job right now. You're still working. Yeah. You're working under different, more challenging circumstances. I know you're also doing some amount of caretaking in your, in your life and you have some people in your life that you're running errands for, doing shopping for, things like that. So you're spread quite thin. Is that a yes. fair assessment? Yes. Okay. And, so, and beyond that, I think that I've beaten myself up because in the beginning I had all this free time and I, I realized I have all this time. I should use it to do this thing that I've been wanting to do for so long. But I think that having the time and having the, the mental energy are two very different things and having the capabilities to spend that time not just zoning out, not just baking bread, not just going on bike rides because that's important for me to survive this too so yes I have limited time and also I have to own that I'm not necessarily using the time that I have to do this thing so let's think about worst case scenario for a second because you laid it out and I I think there are three things that I want to talk about in our conversation today the first is is moving you through the fear of failure the second is helping you figure out what is the road to take and then what are the tactics and strategies that you'll want to employ to actually make the thing fly if if that's the way if that's the road you choose yeah um and then the third piece is is um making the time and space to actually do this in a way that doesn't sort of throw you out of balance because what you're talking about baking bread bike rides those are really important self-care things yeah it's not like it's not um it's not healthy for a person to be spending a hundred percent of their time and energy doing work you know you have to be doing these other things that fulfill you and if you can turn this thing into something that fulfills you and restores you then great that can that can be part of that time but if it's not and if it is going to deplete you then we have to find a way for you to still build in those other things do those three things sound like a fair like those are like three big issues that we should talk about today yes is there anything else that's going on that I should know about before we dive into those three things? 
I think the the other question that I have is where money comes into this. Um, I've thought about starting a nonprofit to do this. I've thought about using insurance funding to get to to get insurance to pay for this as speech therapy. I've thought about just trying to partner with existing nonprofits or existing donors to fund this. So that's part of it is like, I've never considered myself an entrepreneur. I've never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I want to be compensated for my time and my idea to a certain degree. I want this out in the world. And I also don't want to feel like I'm not being compensated. I think that it is valuable and there is, I I don't think it's wrong to want the value recognized. Um, And if I end up spending significant time doing this and I end up scaling back on other work that I'm doing, obviously I have to pay for life. So that's kind of the remaining question is how to bring money into this. Sure. Sure. So monetization is, is hugely important and I'm particularly thrilled that you brought it up because as women, that tends to be something that we just don't even talk about. So I'm thrilled that you, um, that you have, had whatever experiences you've had in your life that have allowed you to include that among the, the, the first things. And I, and I'd love for more women to be, to be able to articulate that. And as one of their primary, um, factors when making choices about their life. So like way to go. <laughs> um, so let's talk. So, okay. Okay. So before we talk about feel, fear of failure, I think it's important. Let's just, let's talk a little bit about what the thing could really be and how the thing could be mechanized. Um, because I think everything else is going to come based on that. The money is going to come based on that. The time is going to come based on that. Like first, we're going to have to figure out what actually it is that you're building and how it's going to operate. So, so tell me a little bit more about what you're imagining and I'll give you a couple scenarios. Like, are you imagining that you are doing like specific matching people apply, you match them, or are you doing, um, like a, you know, are these like a long-term pairing and then there's oversight? Tell me a little bit about what your thinking is around how it's mechanized. So specifically for COVID, I think that it's different. And I think that I need to focus on that as its own thing, because if it were primarily for people who have had strokes and if it was primarily with speech therapists, that would be, that, that was the initial idea, but that's less pressing. Um, and I think that the current environment is making me want to focus more on immediately connecting elderly people with young people who have the time and the space to do this together. Um, If that were the case, then yes, I would be providing some sort of structure or some set of guidelines, um, some sequence to establish a relationship together. It would be about establishing a relationship, and so it would be a continuous relationship where both partners enter into an agreement of the amount of time that they realistically think that they can spend together, whether it would be over the phone or over Zoom or over FaceTime, whether it would be writing letters to each other. Um, But there would be some sort of agreement of this is the end goal is to write this memoir together. This is what we can agree to provide for each other in terms of a mutual commitment. And then getting started and I would offer some kind of like guiding questions or some sort of structure some template some outline and I think it's important that it's not just about the product it's about the process what I'm trying to sell or what I'm trying to create is not a bunch of memoirs what I'm trying to create is 
the therapeutic value of memoir writing to connect with yourself, to connect with another person. And I think that that would be part of the conversation is if you do finish a memoir, would you want to publish it for yourself? Would you want to publish it for your family? Would you want to publish it for the world? Or would you not want to publish it at all? And this is just about the process for you. And all of those answers are perfectly acceptable. Um, but if you want to leave a collection of your insights for your family, or if you want to have other people in the world read about your experiences and learn from the lessons that you have learned yourself, all of those are different outcomes, but the primary purpose of it is the process itself. Mm -hmm. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. So, um, and so, so what I'm hearing is the service that you provide is twofold. One, it is a, basically it's like, here's your guidebook to do this thing to yeah. like, here's, it's basically, it's like a, you don't have kids, so this might not be relevant to you, but it's like a kiwi crate. That's like a thing that we get. It's like, we get this box and it's got, here's the instructions and here's the activity and here's the tools. And it's like here, that's like, yeah. that's what you're making. Or like yeah. you did the next Shabbat thing, right? Like where you get like Shabbat yeah. in a box. So it's yeah. like that. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's like, here's, here's your memoir in a box. So yeah. that's the first thing you're doing. Yeah. The second thing you're doing is you are, you are, I would say some people probably will be able to take that and then work with their daughter or their granddaughter or whoever and like make that happen. And then there are other people who are totally isol isolated and alone. And like that would be the second level of service where you're then doing that matching piece. Yeah. Is there anything else to it? Like, will you be mentoring the, the young matches? Will you be... Will you be doing any sort of like everybody's coming together to like read a page from their memoir? Like, are there any other components to it at this moment in time? Or is it really memoir in a box? I had not thought of mentoring the young people, but I love that idea. So thank you for suggesting it. I think that would be great. It's like make the match, give them the, the structure, but then check in on them to see how it's going. Like, are you having long, awkward pauses in your conversation? Is the person crying all the time? Are you worried about their well-being? Because even if you have these conversations once a week or every couple days, you're really concerned. So, like, do you feel like this is a good match? Do you think that you would be a better match with a different person? Those are all questions that might come up as you're going. Um, so I do think that some amount of follow-up and some amount of guidance and mentorship would be helpful. And I could do those check-ins on both sides of it. So elderly person, how do you think it's going? Young person, how do you think it's going? Um, can you send me some of the notes that you've created this week so I can see kind of how things are going and see if I have any tips for you? And I would say zooming out a level, I, I wouldn't actually suggest that you do that one-on-one. -on -one. Like that would just be far too, like if this becomes a thing, it scales. which it yeah. should, yeah. Um, I, I just, that would just be far too much of your time, but I could absolutely imagine scenarios where there's like a once, once a week check-in opportunity for all of the, I don't know, we'll have to figure out like what the words are for like yeah. what the young people are called and what the, yeah. the, the older people are called. Um, but there's like a once a week where everyone can come together on a call and they can share what's been going on for them and you can do a little bit of coaching and it, it also builds community for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can also have one where the, the memoir writers are going through it and there are the orators. It's like you have the writers and the orators. I don't know. Yeah. But you, you know, you, you have one for them too, where they can share stuff. And then maybe you even have one once a month where everyone can come together and there's like five people get to read from the, I don't know. 
yeah. don't know, but I don't recommend the one-on-one thing. That's just it's way just not too intensive. Yeah. Until until or unless there's serious budget behind it because yeah. you just don't have the time. Yeah. So what it sounds like to me um in terms of a business model, this sounds to me like to begin, this is a this is a paid product. It is a box that you receive um and a and like a and a tool for donations. And I would say this is a nonprofit yeah. to me. This is a nonprofit and it then becomes a, um, a health service. So it starts, it starts in this COVID space and it starts as this, you know, you get your box and I keep, I'll, I'll keep calling it a box because yeah. for some reason people really like to receive a thing. It's <laughs> different than like downloading and printing. Yeah. Um, but of course that's an option too. Um, but it's like they, like I could imagine buying this for my dad. Yeah. And in buying it for my dad, committing to being the person that's going to do that with, with him. Um, and you know, or I could imagine somebody buying it for their grandparent and then committing to being the person to do that with them. But I could also imagine like either a buy one, give one, or also doing some fundraising so that people who don't have the resources to purchase one for themselves can get one or for people who don't have that match, who's going to buy it as a gift for them. Um, cause I don't think that the, can we come up with language for this first? Like I need words cause I can't keep saying the older person. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, what do we want to call them? Um, cause they're not the patient in this scenario. No. The storyteller. Oh, and write the that down, write that down. Storyteller okay. and the listener. Love it. Fantastic. Listener might, I don't know, evolve to something else, yeah. but storyteller, primo. Or storyteller and writer. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Love it. So this is not marketed to the storyteller, right? It's a gift to the storyteller. This is marketed to the writer, and this is marketed to the family members and the friends of the storyteller. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking about. And and that being the case, the way that I see it is that it begins it begins as this covid activity, as this great thing for people to do to stay connected right now, and that's the marketing. Mm-hmm. But it evolves into this deeper piece that that is then specifically for stroke patients, specifically for recovery, for language pathology, all of that. Yeah. And that's the sort of second level that, that I think when I hear you saying that you're sort of stuck, it's like, yeah, you're stuck. You're looking at writing, like feeling like you have to write someone's memoir before you can do this, feeling like you have to justify it medically, which will require a lot of writing, a lot of research, a lot of like, um, getting other people to validate your work. That's, that's a huge piece of work, but to launch memoir in a box or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's, you know, still many, many hours, but it's like you write your guidelines, you write your how to, you give a couple of examples, you make your list of questions, you have your whatever prompts you want to have, you have your, you, you put it together and then you launch it. So let's, so how does that sound right now? Does that sound like a fair, like place to start? Like yes. you start, okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I feel like it's worth mentioning is there is an existing system or product 
and it helps people write their own memoir, but there is no relationship and there's no partnership. There's no listener or writer. Mm -hmm. It's just, Grandpa, use this website, write your stories, and it'll print out a book for you to send your grandkids that they may or may not read. That's not what I want to do. That's so product-focused, and I am more process-focused, and so I think that part of my marketing would be in differentiating that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That was kind of an aside. But yes, I do think that what you're saying is absolutely spot on. I need to let go of having to finish Kevin's first. I need to let go of justifying it medically because right here, right now, as people are being hospitalized, and even if they're not being hospitalized, being locked in your own home is its own illness. Um, Time is precious, and I think that it's important for me to focus on what I can do now instead of what I'm not able to do because it's just not realistic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to stop talking about it as in a box because I don't think that there's any reason to ship anything to anybody right now. I think it's, it's, I think this actually is perfect for a downloadable. I could also imagine, um, I could imagine this becoming like a, just a very simple web web page, like a single scroll web page that talks yeah. about like what it is, what you get, um, you know who it's for, the like the about the how it's about the process, um, and then it's got of course the origin story that you told me so beautifully, and that's a moving story. It's powerful, um, and it's literally like. For $10, they can click here and download this package and go. And it has everything they need to go. And and if they pay then another $15 or whatever, or they could pay $10 a month, and then they get access to this, to these weekly check-ins, to these, um, to these monthly reading, like read-alouds. And that's something that you can start, that's something that you can build and then advertise around and scale it that way. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like if yeah. you spent, if you spent like three weeks going really, really deep on like developing these materials, getting them designed uh, in a way that is printer friendly, getting them designed, getting them organized, getting them put together, building out a, a simple website with a really easy payment portal, um, and then soft launching with your community, soft launching with your friends. Maybe you give it for free to a few people so that they can start the process and then talk a little bit about it, get some testimonials going. Yeah. Um, Then once you have some testimonials built on your website and like, you know, a month or two has gone by, then you start running ads around it. Um, People are spending more time on their devices than ever before. Yes. And they're looking for something to do. Yes. They're, that's meaningful. Yes. They're looking for a way to connect. Everybody wants to share their story right now. Um, this feels like this feels like exactly the right thing and exactly the right time to me. And I feel like all of these people are making these comparisons of like our grandparents were asked to go to war. You're being asked to sit on your couch. Yep. What better way to have perspective on being asked to sit on your couch than talking to somebody who went to war? Or like Absolutely. what better perspective on our economic crisis than people who survived the Great Depression? People who have been through these waves. I think that it'll be 
equally as beneficial to the listeners or the writers to understand that like life comes with ups and downs and life comes with curveballs and you never know how life is going to go and there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in talking to people who have lived so much longer than us I feel like I've been incredibly lucky to especially talk to people at the end of their lives where they're facing their own mortality or they're facing the mortality of their loved ones and they look backwards so often, especially young people with our devices and our jobs and our this and our that, we're focusing on today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, maybe. We don't look backwards as much. Or if we are looking backwards, there's less of that to look back on. Looking back on your entire life, you really get a different sense of things of what actually mattered and what you might have done differently and what you're most grateful for. And I think that young people can make different choices now to move forward to live the life that they want to actually live if they have that perspective of somebody looking backwards. So I want that to be part of it too, is like, yes, we're stuck on our couches, we're stuck in our houses, a lot of us have lost jobs, a lot of us are worried about so many different things. And life is this complex, beautiful mess and I think that all of us will feel less alone and less freaked out and less overwhelmed just by connecting with other people and hearing their stories and sharing in some of the emotions that connect all of us and like the common threads that bind all of our lives together. We grow up, we have family dynamics, often complex. Oftentimes we fall in love. Oftentimes we have a family. Oftentimes life continues to evolve and there's all these different phases and this is a phase. I think that that is one of the things I want people to focus on is like right now one of the things that feels most overwhelming to me is that we don't know when this is going to end. But people felt the same way about wars and people felt the same way about economic crisis before. Like I want us to have that perspective and I think that the young people could benefit from that. I think you just wrote all your marketing. <laughs> Good you thing I hope, I hope my voice memo is working then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's, it's spot on. It's, it's spot on. Absolutely. And I have done a lot of this. Like, I have written the guide. I have a collection of questions. I have a friend who's a coder who has offered to build my website for me already. Like, I have so much going for me, and I've still just been paralyzed. So, before we move to talk about paralysis and the fear, because we're definitely going to talk about that, um, I want to talk a little bit one more thing about the mechanization of all of this. Yeah. Because one thing that I think is missing is like we can't you can't just give them this packet and then off you go. Even if you yeah. offer the check-ins, so many people aren't going to take advantage of them. Yeah. So what is the what is the the method by which this is captured? Is it like the person's listening and typing it out? Is it are they recording it and then it's being transcribed somehow and then edited by the by the listener? Um, is it, is it, is it going to be printed? Can they buy it printed as a book? Like how, how does this get actually canonized? These are questions I haven't answered yet. And okay. some of it was, I think some of it, I wanted to have options for people just because I know that these storytellers are going to have different technology available and different comfort levels with technology. So if a storyteller is not comfortable with a computer, I would like to have a version available by phone. And if the listener or the writer is capable of dictating 
as they go without that taking away from the actual listening part of things, which is very important, then sure, take notes as you go. But when I was doing this myself, I felt a significant difference when I was taking notes by hand and making eye contact with Kevin versus when I switched to taking notes with my laptop. Um, it was more efficient for me to use my laptop and type as we go, but I lost some of that connection. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that at the doctor's office, right? Every time you go to the doctor's office now, they're staring at their computer screen half the time and you don't know if they're actually listening. You don't know if they're actually picking up on some of the nuances of what you're telling them about your life and your body and your health. So I want to be careful about that. Um, but also if you're in different houses anyways, then you're not really going to be able to see about the eye contact, but maybe then the active listening becomes even more important to reassure each other that you're engaged. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of having some sort of notebook or something or other that they could use as a guide. Um, and then there would have to be lots of like empty pages just for kind of free forming it mixed in there. So I have a potential technological solution for you, which is something that we use for all of the, um, all of the stories that we capture in my production work, yeah. which is there's an incredible service. It's called Temi, T-E-M-I, and it's a mm -hmm. transcription service. Okay. And it is pennies on the dollar to having a, a real person transcribe. Yeah. Um, like maybe 10 bucks for an hour okay. of audio time. So, and what it does is it, it gets about 90% of it right. Okay. So if you mechanized it in such a way where you taught them how to, how to, how to, use, how to record, how to use a recording device. Yeah. Um, maybe they can purchase a recording device through a link that you that you provide and you have an affiliate link so you get some money for that. Yeah. Or maybe you sell it directly as part of the package. Um, or maybe they're doing it through a Zoom call and then the um, the listener is, is capturing it and then they run it through that Temi process. Or yeah. maybe you have a developer build something like that for you or yeah. build a portal for you and then you run that piece as a service. But then the listener can go through. The thing that's so cool about Temi is that when you're looking at it, you can read it and hear it like karaoke bounces at oh, the nice. same time. Yeah. So if a word is wrong, you can change it right in there. Um, okay. You can edit it in, like you can um, cut things out. You can highlight things that you want to keep. It's it's really an incredible tool, and I would really encourage you to take a look at that because I think that that will save a ton of time. Yeah. Because part of it is time, too. It's yeah. like, cool, someone's going to spend 10 hours listening to someone's story and then, what, spend another 50 hours writing it writing it out? Like, yeah. that's very unlikely that it's yeah. ever going to come to a finished product because they're right. going to hit the same roadblock that yeah. you've hit with your friend. Right. So, so I really encourage you to look into that solution because I think that that's going to speed things up a little bit for you. Okay. There's more to research on this. You know, it's a, it's a big project. Um, I still think that it can be built quickly and effectively. And yeah. I also, and I also don't think that you have to carry the responsibility of the finished product. I think that, um, cause like you said, it's not about the product, it's about the process. So, right. but this, this technology that I'm sharing with you, it's, it's that allows the listener to be like this with the person. Yeah. And to yeah. ask the follow-up question and to be so engaged that like, what was that like for you when that happened? Yeah. Like, what did it smell like that day? And like some of those questions are things that you can like 
include in your package, like how to dig deeper with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you have a pretty solid sense of like what belongs, both like what belongs in the kit and what you still need to research to like give a full, like sort of full life cycle of this concept? I think it's easy for me to think about what goes in the kit if everything goes really well and if everything happens naturally and if the storyteller and the writer have that natural chemistry and that kind of like, I think of it as conversational chemistry, that that back and forth where you pick up what I'm putting down and there's a momentum to the story and there's a momentum to the relationship. Sure. I think that that happened with me and so what I'm thinking of is if it happens like that in the future. I think what I haven't put as much effort into is like how to coach people if that doesn't come as naturally or how to coach people to get past some of those pauses or how to establish the trust required for somebody to really open up about the hard parts of their life and the insights and to really share. Um, I don't want it to feel contrived. I don't want it to feel forced. I don't want it to feel like pulling teeth. I want this to be meaningful and enjoyable for everybody. And I think that it was so meaningful and enjoyable for me. I want it to be that way for others. And I can't assume that that will always be the case. And I would want to help get people there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that that needs to be delivered in a one-on-one way? Or do you think that that could be something that lives as a video perhaps or an audio talk through or yeah or like troubleshooting totally like do you do you think that that's the kind of thing that you could like make a really detailed and involved one that's like maybe even an hour and a half in length that's like here's all the things that could go wrong and all the things that like all the ways that you can solve for those problems um or do you think it does need to be like a level of support that is a sort of like an offered package I think most likely people would encounter the same roadblocks. And so hopefully I would be able to troubleshoot in bulk. Um, I think that I won't necessarily know what roadblocks are the most common until I do this soft launch, until I Mm -hmm. get feedback, until I hear from people what was hard, what was easy, what was great, what was not great. Um, So I think that initially I could provide some guidance of these are things that I expect might happen that you would need to work through. Here's how I would suggest working through them. And then part of that soft launch would be asking for feedback so that I could develop a more cohesive guide or more in-depth instructions for people to get past those issues. Great. And do you think that that happens is like a week, is that like a weekly at, at whatever PM on this day at this time, you're going to be at this plate, like you're going to be doing a Facebook live and people can join you or you're going to be doing a whatever and people can, you know, RSVP and sign up. Like how, um, how would you imagine mechanizing that? And you don't have to have an answer. These are just, I'm asking you the questions because if you can leave with this, with this answered, then you're that much closer to doing it. Yeah, I don't have answers to that. Yeah. Um, this is, like, this is the part of it that I am not knowledgeable or experienced in yeah. at all. Like, this is right. the part of it where I have the idea, but it's the the mechanizing that I'm clueless about. Great. So let's talk about it. So we have what it is, how it functions. We have what the materials are to get thing to get sort of like things going. And what we're talking about now 
is the system for support for when things go wrong. We have it, you have it built for when it goes right. So I, I, I love the idea of um, some sort of regular availability because also people can opt in or opt out. Like it, again, it's not your responsibility if people follow through with the whole process. If people even just have three of these conversations with a, you know, with a storyteller in their life, then they, are, they, have, they have deepened their relationship that much more than they ever would have otherwise. So I think that in terms of your perfection challenge, um, I want to really encourage you to start to separate yourself a little bit from, this, from the outcome. Yeah. Because again, you have said it yourself, it's not about the outcome. It's about the process. And I really, I, like, I want you to write that down um, because I really think that that's, that's going to need to be your mantra for the, in, this entire, this entire thing. Yeah. Um, it's both a selling point and it's how you get yourself from being unstuck. Yeah. It's the process. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I could imagine it really just being a, a video that you make that lives someplace on the website. That's like having issues click here. And it's like, <laughs> you're talking to the camera like you're talking to me and yeah. you're here are some things that might come up this might come up here's a great way to solve that problem like if it's still if it's still an issue um you know reach out to the facebook group of all the people who are also doing this thing there's a community yeah. so it's like maybe there's a maybe there's a way that everybody who signs up for this gets invited Mm-hmm. to this Facebook group where you, um, you know, you check in every day. How's it going today? Like, here's a great new question that we hadn't yeah. thought of before. Yeah. Or here's a spotlight on this person. Or invite, a, you know, invite people to share what happened for that. Like, what came up in their conversation? I mean, it could become a beautiful Space. community. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel like the time required of me to maintain that space versus the benefit of that space is like a solid ratio where I think just like posting once a day would take me two minutes but getting that kind of online activity and allowing other people to connect with each other and instead of me problem troubleshooting problem solving yes with every individual person they could do that with each other and they could feel even more engaged and find the whole process even more meaningful because now they're connecting with other storytellers and other writers and helping each other to yep. make this happen. Absolutely. That was something I had never even thought about was like an online community as part of this. But I love that idea. Great. Did you write it down? Yes. Great. How did you? I don't even, I don't see your hands moving at all. So. I have the process. <laughs> <I> have. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Um, great. Okay, cool. I mean, I don't think we need to talk much more about that. I feel like um, I, I want to circle back to like exactly what you're going to do after this conversation, but I really, I want to talk about fear of failure for a minute. Okay. From when we started this conversation to now, on a scale of one to 10, one being you're not doing, you're not going to do anything (laughs) at all. And 10, like you're going to put your heart and soul into this tomorrow. Where are you on the, on that timeline, on that, like on that spectrum? Where are you on that spectrum? Specifically related to fear? Yeah, specifically related to fear. Like seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think you were at the beginning of the conversation? Like three. 
for. Really? Yeah. That's great. That's good. That's great. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so thrilled. Great. I want to get you to a nine by the end okay. of this conversation. That's okay. my goal. Because we have to be a little bit afraid. Otherwise, it's it's like, otherwise, we're also not going to do it, right? If yeah. we're so like, oh, this is going to be great. We can just do it. Yeah. We're, still, we're not going to put time into it either. So, um, so are there any people standing in your way? No. No. My friend who offered to build me the website offered to build me the website like months ago and she has been incredibly supportive and she's like, I think that this idea is amazing. She has built multiple websites. She has built multiple businesses for herself. Um, and she has just said like, give me the content. I will make it happen. Um, so I'm the only one holding me back. That is pretty clear to me. So when are you going to reach out to her? Um, I've already sent her like the outline and the basic gist of what I wanted to do, but I think that she's very supportive, but she, um, she wasn't giving me concrete reactions and concrete direction the way that you are. So she was like, yes, if you give me all of the content that's already done, I will build Mm -hmm. the website, Mm -hmm. but I want, I need more guidance and support for creating the content before it gets to the website phase of things. Sure. So we should probably consider continuing to work together in this way because this is specifically what I do and and it's smart for her to hold that boundary because that's not her, that's not what she does. So she's, she's perfectly right to say, I'm going to just sit here until you're like, here you go. Yeah. Go. And I think that on her, I think in the very beginning of this, when I got this fire under me and I was like, I'm going to do the memoir project now. And then we made a couple, I think we made a couple like Skype hangout appointments with each other. And then I didn't do what I was supposed to do before then, or at least I told myself I hadn't done enough. And so then we didn't do it. And then I was like, well, I still want to be able to chat with my friend and talk to her about the world and our relationship, even if I haven't done my homework related to this project that she's offering to help me with. So then I just kind of like felt more stuck and felt more bad. Like I was spending my time reading research articles to determine what kind of mask I should be wearing at the hospital because the CDC wasn't doing that yet. And that seemed more pressing at the time. But it also meant that I just, like, stopped doing this and just felt bad that she was offering and I wasn't able to take her up on that. So that's so normal. (laughs) That's so normal. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm like, as go, go, go as I've ever known a person to be go, go, go. And I am feeling like it's really hard to go right now. (laughs) So we all have to cut ourselves some slack right now. Yeah. This is not the time to be like burrowing forward, like or barreling forward. That's, it's just it's just not the time. It's not possible because we are all, whether we like to admit it or not, we are all living like shrouded in like the this incredible weight of yeah. what you were talking about earlier. Uncertainty. We just don't no, and that is super hard to live in. Yeah. Practically impossible. So the fact that you're still able to wake up every day, show up for your patients, do the work that you do, show up for your family, feed yourself, clothe yourself. You look great, so presumably you've had a shower in the last five days. Like, mm-hmm. you're crushing it. That, that really could be enough. Yeah. 
you're, you're going to be layering something new on top of it. So you have to cut yourself a little bit of slack and you have to give yourself a little bit of space. Nothing happens overnight. Everything takes several iterations. You're not going to be happy with it um, until it's out in the world. And then people are doing it in real time and you're finding out what's clunky and what doesn't work. And then you're fixing it. Yeah. Like that's, that's making something new. Yeah. You know, so I just want you to, I know that you feel this pressure because like COVID's happening right now and like you have to jump on it right now. But, you know, I think now's the time to just, you know, maybe if you make an hour a day, do you think you could find an hour a day to work on some piece of this? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I am aware of is I respond a lot to the kind of space that I'm in. Um, and when I've done other writing projects, um, I also did some independent consulting for advanced healthcare directives and kind of like end of life wishes and documenting that well in advance and specifically for dementia. So like I've done other side hustles in the past and what I always, always, always had to do was leave my apartment to go do it and go sit at a cafe and bring my computer somewhere and change my environment yeah. to change my mindset and I feel like I can't do that anymore because the world is shut down so I can't bring my computer to a cafe and focus for two hours and remove all of the other distractions like the bread that I could be baking or the whatever the laundry, else like the could, dishes the yeah, bed I mean like everything everything um and so that is I think part of one of my challenges now is creating a workspace in my apartment. I live in a studio. I don't have a desk. I don't have an office. I sit on the couch sometimes. I have a relatively large closet, but it's filled with stuff. Um, right now I'm sitting at like the very end of my kitchen counter table thing, which often has food on it or I'm cooking on it. Um, so that is something that I think I need to do before I even like, I feel like that's a prerequisite is before I can even spend an hour a day, I need to create the space where I will spend that hour a day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Write it on your list. Okay. That's the thing that you're going to do this weekend. Yeah. So that Monday morning or whenever, I don't like whenever you have your time Monday and it doesn't yeah. even have to be one consistent hour. Yeah. It could be 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night or 30 minutes midday, 30 minutes after a workout, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to create that space for yourself. Yeah. And you're so smart to know that. <laughs> so many people don't ever recognize that. And so they just never make it, they just never make it happen because they don't have the right conditions. I also know that like, sometimes my space becomes a, both a representation of my mental health and a barrier towards my mental health. So it's like, if I get anxious or depressed sometimes I let my space get cluttered and then my cluttered space makes me more anxious or more depressed and so yeah. that's something that I've been trying to work on not very successfully especially given everything else but I know that that's kind of like create a space that makes me feel capable and confident and ready to do the work and then the work will be better yeah um so that is I think like earlier you said what's the next step and I said I could go in three different directions that's bullshit the next step is creating the space to do the work and then going that next step beautiful beautiful amazing <laughs> fantastic okay so let's talk about so we talk I think 
is time management like do you feel like that's do you feel like that's do you feel like you're gonna once you have your space and now that you know your your to do's do you feel like you have the the management capabilities to give yourself the time or do you need a tool for that Oh, I'm open to a tool for that. I'm curious yeah. about a tool for that. It's funny because I teach this to elderly people. Like, at a certain age, your executive function starts to fall apart, and it's really hard for you to plan complex tasks and to sequence complex tasks. And I literally do this with the elderly of, like, okay, you're 90 years old, and you didn't pay your taxes because it was so overwhelming. Or, like, you want to write Christmas cards and it's July and you have so much time in the world, but you'll never get it done because you don't know how to start. So I teach this to other people, but I sometimes have a hard time with it myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same. It's like I was talking to somebody the other, the other day about this other big project that I have. And I'm like, oh, God, like, how am I going to do it? And she's like telling me exactly the things that I tell my my mentees. And I'm yeah. like, this is so silly because literally I have said these same exact words. This is normal. It's like... Um, we could do it for other people. It's hard, it's hard to do for yourself, you know, especially yeah. when you're in a vacuum and it's just you, it's hard to even know what questions to ask yourself, which yeah. again is exactly why your idea is so brilliant is because these writers are never going to write their story unless they have that partner who's asking them the questions. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. So, um, what is your time day? management? Yeah. Time, time management. What does your day look like? Um, Typical. So right now I work eight to four thirty ish at the hospital. Um, I am not a morning person. It's really hard for me to get to work by eight a.m. Um, because it takes me a while to kind of get my day started. Sometimes I end up working later. I'm also helping out with my friend's nonprofit to distribute free wine to healthcare workers. So oftentimes at the end of my workday at 4.30, I'll go deliver some wine or schlep some wine to different healthcare people. I'm going grocery shopping for my dad. Um, I am cooking a lot and I am going on bike rides. So that is my life right now. Um, and then what time do you get back home from all those things and then you scroll your phone or you look at Netflix or you you know, text with friends or whatever. I might get home as early as five. I might get home as late as eight or nine. And then oftentimes, like, I haven't really been watching a lot of Netflix. I do scroll my phone sometimes, but what takes my mind off of things is cooking. Um, but that becomes a time suck. Like, it's meaningful. It's good. It's good for my mental health. It's good for my physical health. I enjoy it. It's part of life is feeding yourself. Um, but that sometimes takes up a significant part of my evening in cooking and eating and cleaning and making a lunch for the next day. Um, and then it's too late and I'm not getting enough sleep. Do you have tools, um, like physical tools for big batch cooking? Yeah, some. Do you do that? Yeah, so, like, I make a big batch of rice in my rice cooker, and then I just have that to add to things for the week. I recently invested in something that allows me to make my own almond milk, which is really fun. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing that, and I've gotten kind of, like, I've been refining what I cook based on going to the grocery store less. Um, mm -hmm. So that has been interesting. But in general, I can do that. It's just I enjoy it. That's part of what I've been doing in quarantine is cooking more. Great. 
Yeah. So is there something from all the things that you've listed? There are some things that stand out to me, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Are there any things from there that, that you could release from your responsibility so that you could make time to, to get your own project off the ground? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I could be more efficient at my day job to leave earlier. I think part of it is, like, I sometimes just stay at work longer than I have to, and I don't use that time as effectively as I could just because I don't necessarily want to come home to where I live by myself. Um, And coming home by myself sometimes makes me sad. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I'm still at work and I'm still doing something, then, I don't know, that's just been part of my quarantine experience And I could choose, like, okay, tonight you're going to cook for one hour, and then you're going to work on this for one hour. You're not allowed to allow the cooking to extend and take over your entire evening. Could you stay at work an extra hour and be there and use that as your time on this project? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Because that could do, like, be, like, Several birds, one stone kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think technically I'm not supposed to stay late, but I do all the time and no one really cares. Are you hourly? Yes, but I only, like, bill for the hours that I'm there. I'm 40 hours a week. Yeah, so, I mean, to me that sounds like that gives you a way to still be around people, to be in a space that says work to your brain. Um that doesn't feel lonely or like you dread even, coming back to it. I could even bring my own laptop. So it's like I yeah. wouldn't use a work computer. I would just still be in the work space or find some sort of like work room that's not, I don't know, like a break room. I could do my work in a break room at work and that might feel different enough than home to make me more efficient. Yeah, I mean you could try it tomorrow. Yeah. And just see. Yeah. I mean, before, and, and I still think that, like, cleaning your space and, like, making it, a, making it a space that's, like, feels clear for your mental health will help everything. Yeah. Whether or not you're making it so that you can find a space to work in your space. Yeah. Um, I still think that that's something you should definitely make time to do this weekend. But I, I would also encourage you to experiment with that for Friday. And I would say that, like, if lugging your own computer around feels clunky, if you have access to, like the Gmail platform yeah. um, through your work, just start, do it on Google Docs. Yeah. And then it'll be anywhere. It'll be whatever yeah. device you're on. You just log in through it and then it's there with you. Um, and that way you don't feel so stuck and like physically burdened by carrying yeah. this thing around all day. Um, or security concerns of like having it or like another thing you have to wipe down because you've brought it in and out. It's just, yeah, that might stream. Like, there's just, a, there have been a lot of things added to our daily routines now with the yeah. cleaning and the washing and the worrying and all the stuff that like anything we can strip out is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. So last thing I want to talk about, um, is money. And we talked a little bit about it, how like, you know, pricing this is like a, you know, pay to download. You can of course, and if, you know, we, if we keep talking together about this stuff, we'll talk about creating like a lead magnet which is like something that's like cheap to download or free to download and then you collect their email address and then it allows you to market to them in the future we can talk about all of that stuff but I think a lower price point option will help you um, both feel really good about about the fact that you're giving this to the world 
Um, it'll feel really good to all the people who are receiving it. It's a super low barrier. It's like, I would be super down to spend, I'll, I'll spend 15, 20 bucks tomorrow to buy this thing and send it to my dad or to buy this yeah. thing and, and do it. Like, it's a no-brainer. So if you if you price it in that way, then that gives you a lot a lot of flexibility to figure out what do you add to it, what do you take out of it, how do you modify it, how do you shift and change it. Um, so I I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to get paid for your work, and I think that for now, um, this seems like a a thing you sell, and in the future, it maybe seems like a thing that you raise money for. Mm-hmm. But now is not a good time to be raising money. Yeah. It's just people that have it have lost a lot of it. Yeah. Um, you know, people who have it and are still making it are holding on to it because they just don't know. Because everybody's been hit now. And yeah. everybody has felt that, oh, gosh, like it's not going to be like it's not going to be this free for all forever. Yeah. Because that's how a lot of people were living. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I just don't think I just don't think. Setting up a nonprofit, all of that makes sense right now. I do think that once you've worked out the kinks with this project, and once you've worked out the kinks in this way, you can start building on it for these other more medical yeah. needs. And at that point, you can start figuring out the insurance stuff. But I think for now, I would just say leave it as a lower price point, um, simple simple choice, like I like it, yes, buy it yeah. situation. Does that feel right to you? Yeah. And the other thing I've thought about is, like, even if I am selling this, and and in terms of the timing of COVID, I was thinking, okay, this needs to get out. I'm not going to start a nonprofit right now. Maybe the nonprofit piece of it comes in later once people have actually written their memoirs, yeah. and the nonprofit publishes them for free with external donations and funding of, like, okay, like, we want to allow these stories to actually make it out into the world if that's what the storyteller wants, um, and, like it doesn't cost a lot of money to self-publish a book. And so if that became the part of the nonprofit of like, okay, if people are putting in the effort to create this thing and to benefit from the process and they also want to help spread the product, then maybe that would be where that comes in. Sure, sure. But that would be like, who knows when that would happen. Totally. And there are a million, there are a million like for the good things that a nonprofit connected to this concept could do. Yeah. A million. So I'm sure you'll take it there at some point, but for now, yeah, we're going to keep it super simple. It is this one thing. Yeah. That you still have to name. Yes. That's and the other thing holding me back. I need a name. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to encourage you to, I don't know if what you're doing tomorrow at one o'clock, but, um, I, I have a mission vision values workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can send to you. It's already recorded. Um, so, so I'm doing one tomorrow, but I'll live, but I'll send it to you um, as well. This is going to help you figure out, like, by the end of it, basically, you have a very clearly articulated mission, vision, and value statement, which okay. you've already talked a lot around, but I think that having a very, very clearly articulated um, who's who exactly is your audience that you're selling to? What is exactly the product that they're getting? Um, why do they want it? What problem is it solving? What are the values that drive this? Um, having that all distilled down so that by the end you have that statement is going to be critical. And then what you're going to do is you're going to name it based on that. So you're going to look at that and we can talk about that together if you want. Um, so I'm going to write that down to send you the mission, vision, values, recording. And it comes with a little workbook, so you'll do it. 
Um, and that'll take you about an hour. Okay. And I think that that's going to be among another good first next step. But I would love to hear, you have a ton of notes. I'd like to spend a couple minutes just organizing them into like a really clean to-do list so that you okay. can actually do those things. Yeah. So let's, um, do you have a fresh sheet? Yes. Okay, so let's work from your notes and start putting things into a fresh sheet. And then once we've put them into the fresh sheet, the action items, we'll number them. Okay. So you want to talk us talk us through that as you're going? Okay. Um, I think that one of the action items is workspace. And there's two options there. One of them is create workspace at home. And the other one is explore workspace at work. Perfect. Um, and you can even just give yourself, like, if you don't want to write them down on, the, I don't know how fast you write, but you can also just, like, circle the things, however it makes sense to you, and then transfer them over. Okay, so okay. those are, like, the first, first next steps. What's next? What else do you have on your list? Um, do the Mission Vision Values Workshop. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think that those are good questions to ask myself of who, what, why, and, like, that will help guide me. I am, like, stubborn about a good name, and I really like a good name. I might get stuck on that again, and again, I have to remind myself it's about the process, not the product, but I think mm -hmm. a name actually matters for a product, mm -hmm. and if the product that I'm selling is the process I want that name to encapsulate that it, I want it to be clear from the name what I'm trying to do and why people should want it um so just before I lose it I could imagine yeah. something that's called like the process I love like colons and subtitles I'm like yeah, really yeah. big on that but like yeah. what if it was something like the process colon a guided partnered memoir experience or something to that effect yeah. um but that just came to I just didn't want to lose it yeah doesn't have to be that but didn't want to lose it so keep, yeah yeah so definitely naming it and I think yeah. I think that it would be a great idea if you had a piece of paper and you like went through it where and you just like keep it it's like when I was trying to name my children you know, and you just start spitballing and like mm -hmm. you bring in a couple friends to chat it out and you like get on a call with your friends and you're like, how about this? How about that? How about this? Yeah. How about that? Or you just start keeping a list of them as you go, as you're thinking about it. But eventually something's going to come to you and you're going to say, you're going to keep spitballing and then you're just, you're just going to keep coming back to it. And then it's, yeah. that's what's, that's what it's going to be. And you can always rename it. Yeah. I think like part of me wants to include covid or coronavirus or quarantine in the name right now because it seems so relevant to that but then if i'm trying to scale and if i'm trying to build this beyond this because this won't last forever i don't want it to no longer seem relevant so that i don't i don't think you should have it in the name i think yeah. i think people are like burned out <laughs> yeah. on covid they're like yeah. looking for the light right now so like yeah. give them the light yeah. You know, we all point. know, we all know the context under which yeah. we're living right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you away from that. I, uh, yeah, I like that. And then whatever you name it, it can be like whatever, um, 
for stroke patients, whatever, mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know, recovery, whatever, for this yeah, other thing. Yeah, different adaptations. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have the workspace, we have the mission, vision, values, workshop, mm-hmm. and then I think I need to set some long-term goals and short-term goals and break it down into smaller parts and then yep. do kind of like a task analysis of how long do I think these short-term goals will take and set some deadlines for myself. I think that that has been missing from my workflow in the past is like, okay, I kind of have an idea of long-term goals and short-term goals, but I haven't been concrete enough realistically about how long they'll take. And so I don't set myself a deadline. And so then I just don't work on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If that's what you need, do that process. Um, I would say some people get hung up in that process and then never step out of that process. Um, and I'm like huge on goal setting. That's like my foundational workshop is the goal setting one. Um, at the same time, I feel like what you, what you, what could get you there faster is if you literally just write a list of all the documents you need to develop. Okay. And just start going down the list. Okay. And, like, your timeline is that, like, in two weeks, you want to have something to hand to your developer friend. Yeah. Because if you go through a whole process to, like, this one needs to be done, started on this date, and then needs to be finished on that date, you're going to spend two weeks just doing that. Okay. So I would say the next thing is the the next thing on your to-do list is a brain dump of all the documents that belong in the package. And then I think the, the, the final to-do is research on the mechanization. Ooh, excuse me. Research Getting on late. the mechanization. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does this feel doable? Yeah. I mean, two weeks to have something for the developer seems ambitious, but I think if... I actually create the time and the space, I could get a lot done in an hour a day multiplied by two weeks. Um, And again, like, I don't think that her offer is just a one-time, here's your website, now never talk to me again. I think that she could build it, and then we could tweak it, and I need to be okay with it being an evolving creation, not ever just done completely. Absolutely. And what I want to say is often you have to actually see it in context to know if it plays. So you have to give her something so she can put it in that context and then you're going to tweak it. So part of that tells me that you need to discuss with her that the platform, whatever platform she uses, you have to be able to work, work in it too. Okay. So like if she could design in the Squarespace, she can design in a whatever. I'm most, I, I love Squarespace, but whatever she designs in you have to be able to go in and make edits yourself or or the relationship will fall apart and you will have to start again from scratch okay so I would say getting a conversation with her going yeah really soon which is like here's my goals is I'm trying to get you know this these things to you by whatever date so that you could start building this thing that I need to be able to edit also and if that means you need to give me an hour tutorial of how to add text and how to how to edit text, like that's really all you need to know how to do, but you need to know at least that. Okay. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy and you're going to try it with your 
like with a couple of your friends and their families and you're going to get their feedback, but you have a job right now. You have a very full life. You're trying to hold it together in a really rough time. You're not trying to make a million dollars from this tomorrow. No. This is going to be, and just because it feels like you have to get it done fast because we're in coronavirus right now, that was never the original project concept. The original project concept is so much deeper and long lasting than that. It is stroke patients who are, who are trying to recover. Yeah. And I wish it weren't the case, but there will always be stroke patients who need help recovering. So, you know, when you feel the pressure that it has to be done now, two weeks, one month, whatever, just let that go because everything that you're building right now, if coronavirus ended tomorrow and my God, don't I wish it would, (laughs) that would be nice. I would love that this whole concept goes to shit because coronavirus (laughs) ends tomorrow. That would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> it won't. But if it does, it's still that all... That doesn't mean the work is lost. It's not. It's just, yeah. you just you just pivot into the original concept. Yeah. Yeah. Are you at a nine yet? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Getting close. Like eight, eight and a half? Eight yeah. And a half is, eight yeah. and a half is fine. That's enough. That's enough <laughs> for me. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Is there anything... Else? Do you feel clear on your steps? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about while we are together right now? Not that I can think of right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, I know nothing about marketing, but I feel like that's getting the cart before the horse. Like, I need to have something to market. Yes. And then I will figure out how to market it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And this, you know, this is, this is the foundation. This is where everything starts, right? You have to build the fit. What is it? How does it work? Who is it for? And then you can figure out how to sell it to them. Yeah. But first you have a thing, you have to have a thing to sell. And you know, that is the area of my expertise is like, then we get into the marketing then we get into the tactics and all that stuff. And, and you may not decide to, to continue with this. It's, um, but it's there for you if you need it. And there are a million free resources out there in the world, like how to market and how to this and how to that. And I have a yeah. bunch of um, a bunch of articles on my website as well, like a three-step marketing plan and all sorts of things like that that you can look into. But I'm not the only one who does this stuff. So there, there are a lot of resources out there, but that is not something you need to be even thinking about right now. Yeah. Right now, it's just... Get out of get, my own way. <laughs> get out of your way. Yeah. Do the things. Make the time for it. Yeah. And keep baking the cupcakes and keep baking the bread and keep cooking beautiful food for yourself (laughs) because you are important and that is a way that you're showing yourself love and importance right now and that is not something you should let go of. Yeah. Okay. 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 (laughs) And off you go. (laughs) You've been listening to Going Legit. I hope you're walking away with a new idea, a new perspective, or perhaps a new sense of what might be possible. Please take a moment to send a silent wish of hope to our subject. It takes vulnerability and bravery to step up in such a bold and public way. And for that, we can all be grateful. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, you can apply at goinglegit.co. 
This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, in partnership with my partner in everything, Drew. It was recorded while the kids slept and edited while they watched TV because you gotta do what you gotta do. Going Legit is executive produced by Bone and Gold. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. And please, please, please share with your friends. I'm Rachel Dorsey. Thank you for listening.